0: Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast.
1: Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everyone, to the 432nd episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Reza, we are in full blown holiday season. Sure are uh we're recording this in December. I can't believe we made it to december. um you were uh tipping your hand a little bit at a at a great car rental story. Those always turn out to be uh, a fun adventure. sure share what's going on with you in your in your car renting uh uh journey
0: yeah, so um we went to Florida for thanksgiving um and so. We're at, you know, uh, my mother-in-law's house and we were there for, I want to say something like nine or 10 days, right? And when we tend to stay, when we are there that long, we often rent a car from the local um, like Avis here or even Hertz. And then we return it at the airport because there's no additional cost. There's like, there's no upcharge for one-way rentals, at least from these locations. And so, you know, whichever, whichever rental place is cheaper, we'll rent with, drop the car off. And then when we return, we pick up the car, we pick up another car and then drop it off at the local place. Um, and this was no different, right? We picked up um what was it, a Hyundai Santa Fe. Um, you, I this this is okay. This is a piece of information that might be useful for you. So one thing is like when you do these types of trips, especially with when especially when you have a kid, right? You, you yep. can rent a car seat. The car seats can be um it's hard to depend on them is what i'll say so especially if you do like an airport rental you have no idea what the state of the car the the car seats will be now in in our cases like in the past when we've done this and uh, i should mention we've only done this a couple of times um there if if there have been uh, limited options with car seats um and, you know, the, 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 the options aren't usually the greatest. Like, kids in general are pretty messy, as is. Um, but it seems like kids really do take advantage of car seats not being theirs. Or maybe just the fact that the these, um, uh, like, Avis Hertz and Enterprise and the like, they don't really um, – Clean the car seat so you certainly can see that these are rented car seats <laughs> that you know kids are eating whatever they're eating in it and, and doing whatever they're doing in it. So, anywho, we, we went to I, I tried to rent the car seat and um, turn, there was like one that was a decent option, took it out to the car, started trying to install it, and realized that one, it was missing the latch anchors, which are super useful when it comes to installing a car seat. So, like the latch anchors, if for people who don't know, um at the base of a of a, of a of a of a the bench or a seat in a car, they have these two points on on the left and the right side of where a car seat would go. So like you kind of they're kind of in between the back cushion and the actual seat that you would sit on. And if you and there is usually like indicators or markers showing that this is where the latch anchor is. In some cars there's actually like a little like plastic cover for them, which makes them super easy to access. In other cars it's really it's buried between the cushion. You kind of have to like jab the the these little hooks in there to try to get it to. Catch. Um, but one way or the other, um, the, these latch anchors weren't on there. And it, these are like super, like this latch anchors are present in like all modern, like, you know, post-20, you know, 2010 cars, 2005 cars, maybe even that old. And um, this this car seat didn't have those. So you can actually still install a car seat with just the seat belt, like our parents would have done back in the day if your parents ever did use a car seat because, you know, it was in the 80s and 90s, right? Um, and so... The other thing, though, is that there's – especially for um, – um, or specifically for front-facing car seats, there's this little latch that hooks into the trunk, so it runs behind the headrest, and it hooks into the trunk. It's usually on the back of the bench of the rear seat, or sometimes yep. it's even on the uh, the floor of the trunk. Or This specifically for, like, a hatch-style trunk. If it's a sedan, it actually just hooks um, uh, on that back, like, you know – sill beneath the uh, the rear um, window and so this car seat that I rented actually did not have that it had been clean cut off of the car seat and I took it back inside so I was like uh yeah do you have another car seat because this is this one's been cut and the dude's like oh man like he's like you know so, so sometimes they do that he's like I think what happens is um basically the people who are working to reset the cars, you know, when, they, when the people return the cars, they don't know mm-hmm. how to remove a car seat. They don't know exactly how it works. And so in their haste to, to you know, get the car reset and shipped back out to somebody, they just chop the thing off. I was like, wait, what? Like, that's crazy. Because now the car seat's basically useless. At least, in yeah, no, the car seat is 100% useless. It can't hook on. You can't install, like, even without the latch points, which again, super useful. Um, and I hate putting a car seat in with just the uh, with just Ooh. the seat belt. It just doesn't feel particularly secure to me. Um, the that that rear hook is pretty essential, and so we ultimately decided to not take it, which means we had to travel with our car seat. And traveling with your car seat, this is really annoying <laughs> to like take to take your car seat. Through the airport, you have to like check it, which like you know, it's not that big of a deal. There are a couple ways that you can do it, especially if you have an infant. You can gate check it, which I don't particularly like doing because that means you have to carry the car seat through the whole airport. Uh, we have a bag for the car seat. It's either a backpack style, so it can sit on your back, but of course, I have a backpack, so it actually has wheels on it too, so you can drag it through the airport. Um, the other option is to just simply check it with your checked luggage, and I know you at least tend to try to avoid checking luggage um, right just because it's that time consuming thing that time consuming step first you know when you get to the airport but also to wait for the bag it's the bags that baggage claim when you return um when you have a kid you, there's pretty much no escaping it you're gonna need to check a bag for the kid because they're just gonna have diapers and sound machines and uh you know everything so all this to say we had to take our own car seat um so we get to we get to Florida, we come back, and when we come back, this is where the, the issue comes into play. So we come back and I have a meeting this afternoon. So I had a meeting at one PM and I landed at about 11, eleven, eleven thirty somewhere in that time frame. So I had to take I had to rent the car, drive home, drop Lane and Gordon off, then take my car to the office. I was initially gonna take the call remote from home because that way I could attend the entire thing, but our entire group was depend was presenting to our VP you know, these like five to six minute like flash presentations, um, and they just thought it'd be better if I was in person. So I just missed. I decided to miss the first like two presentations and drive in so as soon as we landed, I have Avis preferred. So I, you know, I get a text message. It's like, Hey, you know, you know, click here to, uh, to select your vehicle, which is, you know, totally normal. This is what's happened the last several times that I've landed when I've rented from Avis. And when I, when I log in, it gives me a few options. Now, I don't know exactly know how they make these selections for the vehicles. Um, when we were in Seattle, I think I mentioned that we had rented a Mustang, um, and that was because that was presented to us. It was like a free up, upgrade. Um, so in this case, I had a few options. I think I had like a minivan. I think I had like a, uh, it was a Nissan Altima, and then I had like two Tesla Model Ys, and I had the Volvo C40, which is uh, an electric car. And so the um, the three Combustion engine cars that were presented as options all had an upcharge. They were all like, oh, you can upgrade to this vehicle. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I don't really want to rent an EV because, you know, I, I have an EV. I, I like EVs, but trying to figure out the whole charging system, especially since we don't have fast chargers near our home, isn't ideal. And I wasn't exactly sure what the rules are when it comes to charging and then returning. So I sat there and thought about it and I was, and I asked Lane and she was like, let's just take the EV, right? There's no upcharge. Like the other ones were like $25 minimum to, uh, to upgrade to this, you know, yeah. a, a, a sedan. So I was like, yeah, let's just take the C40. So we took the Volvo C40, drive back home, drove, drove pretty nice. I like the car. Um, get back home, do the meeting and everything like that. And then I am after the meeting, I log into Avis's site. because I'm like, okay, like I, so when I got home, I actually, I actually drove the car into the garage and I started plugging it or started, I plugged it in and started charging it with my charger because I figured, okay, let's get it to a, you know, you know, back up to like 80% or whatever. And uh, I'll just log into Avis later on and check to see what the state of charge is that they want it to to be returned at. And I see it's like, oh, say they say 70%. Um, That was great. But then it says, evs can't be used in one-way rentals and i was like wait hold on what what now um what I, when i re, when i reserved the car i told him this that this was a one-way rental why would you present me the option of an ev if it cannot right. be used for a one-way rental i don't know these rules no there was no information oh boy. provided to me so anyway um so at that point it's like cuz they were like, you know, not all locations have the infrastructure set up to charge EVs. There's actually a charger at the mall where this Avis is. However, those chargers have always been offline. I did actually see the data that I rented it. They had replaced the the uh, the terminal, but one of them apparently was offline when I spoke to the people who were trying to charge their car. <laughs> so, um so I called I called up Avis and Um, they told me that I have to call the specific return location to see. So then I called the return location and I explained the situation to them. And they were like, yeah, no, you can return it here. It's fine, basically. And so I was like, all right, cool. Not gonna worry about it then. They says no one-way rentals, but like, yeah, they know what I rented. Why would it present me the option to return it to a location that doesn't have the ability to store the ev which they once again they presented to me as an, as the only option that wasn't an upcharge i know that i could have gone to an agent and they probably could have given me like a camry or something but it wasn't worth it because i was in a rush which is the reason why you have it was preferred because you just hop in the car and you drive away so um I take the car in. I return it the next day, and I get. I let them know, like, okay, you know, I, it's parked in spot number nineteen. It's an EV. The battery's at like eighty-five percent. And the woman's like, okay, sounds good. And then the dude who's there, who's working, who also who, who's the person who told me about the other uh, car seat, he was like to her, wait, it's an electric car. And she's like, yeah. And I'm kind of walking away because I have to get to work at this point. And um, right. I'm kind of slowly walking like, are they going to say something to me? Is there an issue? Because it's still in the back of my mind. Is this going to be a problem? I feel like this is going to be a problem. And uh, he starts walking out behind me, but he never says anything. I get into my car, drive away. I keep logging into Avis and I keep seeing that it says like, this is your current car, but it says your rental has ended. Um, But I'm like, okay, maybe it's just going to, I'm going to get my receipt later. Um, I think I didn't get my receipt for the Santa Fe, which I had taken when I when I drove to the airport for like two days after. Um, maybe I I could be wrong on that. It doesn't really, it didn't really matter. I didn't quite pay attention to that. Um, but I kept checking it and it keeps showing that it's a current rental. It hasn't shown up in my past rentals, even though literally right now, as I look at it, it says your rental has ended. Well, this morning, as I was working on not words, I get a text message and it says, uh, so I get a, I get a text message at, uh, as I try to, I should have pulled this up earlier, exactly 10 a.m. It says, hello, this is a reminder that your rental is three days overdue. Please return your rental or extend by visiting avis.com. And I was like, hold on now. So, and I, and I told Lane, like, you know, she's been very, very aware of this. I've constantly been thinking about calling them again to be like, hey, is there something wrong with this? It says my rental's ended, but it still shows up as being active. So I finally call and, um, they let me know like, you know, and I explained the situation, like why I've been, this has been bothering me. I've been anxious about this whole thing. It's, it's constantly on my mind and explained the whole EV situation. Um, She didn't say like that could be the reason why, but basically um, they've basically put the case in. They, they know they're going to be sending their people out, I guess, to check or getting a contact with the, with the, uh, the, my local Avis place to see what's going on. Um, but i'm still a little bit bothered by this i still feel like they're going to give me some bs later on because yeah on their site with with specific, with regards to like the ev rentals it says um one way rentals are not permitted are not permitted and it says um if your EV is not returned to the renting location, all costs incurred in tra- transporting your EV back to the renting location will be assessed to you. Oh, my gosh. In addition, you'll be assessed a fee for Avis's loss uh, loss of use during, uh, of the EV between the time that you should have returned the EV to the renting location and the time that it's actually returned to the renting location up to a maximum of 30 days. The loss of use fee will be your daily rental rate. So, like, all this has really been bothering me. And I still don't have a resolution on it. They are aware. Everyone that I speak to, though, they are like, yeah, it's basically no problem. And despite the fact that I was told it was no problem when I rented it and I could have done something about it, it would have been very inconvenient for me to return it to the airport, but I still would have made it work. Um, I still would have done it. Nobody told me that that was going to be a problem. That's why I called two different people, two different locations to try to figure out, is this a problem? And everyone was like, yeah, no, it seems like, like, uh, you know there's no issue, that's what you agree to, then yeah, no problem. But uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. I feel like, one, it's, I feel like, first of all, if that is really what's going on, that's not my fault. They should never have presented me the opportunity to rent it if that was going to be a thing. I don't know your EV rules. That wasn't listed when it came time for me to take the car. And you knew I wasn't returning the car back here. So Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my uh my EV story or my my EV rental story specifically. I uh, hopefully You know what's frustrating about that? Yeah, what's up?
1: The frustrating thing is like there is probably a really easy solution to all this. Yeah. But this is just the classic thing of like technology and the actual service on the ground being just disconnected enough. Yes. Where this edge case, right? This edge case presents itself and they're thinking well, who like what are the prob? What's the probability of someone a going renting a car one way and b selecting an EV right to do so? And they probably just play the numbers game. Like, all right, it's not going to happen too frequently until we figured out we can still charge you for the for the supposed inconvenience. Uh, and, and so, I hope. I hope that when it comes time that they don't give you too much of a hassle over it. I yeah. wonder how you can contest it. Just, like, maybe just raise stink about it if they do. And, like, start... I'd honestly start to do, like, a really big um, social media thing. If, like, they start to give you a really hard time about it. I just right. hope they don't. But yeah, yeah, I'm working yeah. for you, obviously.
0: Yeah, same. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, definitely... Definitely has been a bit annoying because it's like I'm const it's constantly on my mind. Like I feel like there something's going to happen. I feel like something's going to happen. Right. And and it actually did. And so like it's just I, yeah, it's just a matter of seeing what they do. Like like it's very easy to explain. It's very easy. Maybe not really easy to explain, but it should be easy for people to understand what happened. But it still can be difficult for people to figure out what to do with the tools that they have with the, with the tools that Avis has provided them. You know. So um, right. Yeah, we'll see. Like it, it might have to be escalated. And that's, to me, at least hyper inconvenient because, again, all I wanted to do oh, was sure. just rent a car, drop it off, and move on with my life. The fact that I have to call anybody even once is very inconvenient to me. Um, I hate talking on the phone. I hate talking to, like, customer service people and figuring this type of shit out. I think I told you about, like, the hospital thing with Gordon and and, um, the charge that – like, the double charge for radiology and whatever. I finally got a resolution on that, and we had to pay that $2,000 charge, um, which was a bit annoying because to me it looked like it was a double charge that they didn't intend or they shouldn't – they basically accidentally charged – uh, the hospital right. just sends a letter back like, hey, we've looked into your issue, and it turns out that, yes, you are, in fact, responsible for the charge. Bye. And so then I, I called my insurance company, and they were able to actually give me a little bit more information. They were basically like they actually see this type of thing happening with a double charge. It looks like it's a double charge, but what's actually happening is one charge was actually the uh, the diagnostic machine, and the second charge is actually the the person who read who read it but the charges get out of here half. yeah that's exactly what i said because like it's the same code there's no separate description or explanation it's just like radiology you know number whatever 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 um it's like you know um uh ultrasound of the abdomen is what it said and it's just the same 2002 dollars uh charge twice the on, fact that it's the that. same
1: cpt code yeah it's, is... it's ridiculous <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, and like again, and that's
0: that's not even like a hundred percent, like definitely what happened. It's just like this is probably what happened. Um, so I ultimately just paid it, but I I wasn't happy about it. Damn near like drained my HSA account because of that single charge. I'll never take Gordon to the hospital. Well, that's so why you have an HSA. Much. If that if that dude tells me he's got a tummy ache, we ain't going anywhere. You better you better walk that bitch. Out. You throw some dirt on him. Right? <laughs>
1: That bitch off yeah oh man well, right. that's funny dude that that you you legit got me to cackle there that was good
0: <laughs> I, was oh, I, st- I, I I do still have one in the hsa so yes you are right it's certainly that's the re- that's the whole reason why we have it. it's a reason uh, why you have an hsa a reason why we have it i didn't have to pay for it out of pocket um so yeah right yeah, that's 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 the good thing it yeah. did its
1: job to a t
0: exactly exactly you maxed out your hsa um, I don't think I max it out. No, no, I don't max it out, but I can't remember exactly what I put into it. My, uh. But it's not like you put in
1: a decent amount.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, I don't really use it too much. Um, you know, yeah, I don't, That's I don't, good. I don't use it too often. Um, you know, the, I didn't even know that I could like buy my allergy medication with it. So I finally started using it at some point and be like beyond my just, you know, yearly checkups, dentist appointments, eye doctor's appointments. So I, you I, invest I use with it for it? that what's it
1: do you invest it
0: no no I I don't mess with it I just whatever goes into it okay. goes into it I've never really looked at it beyond that
1: yeah I wonder at a certain point if it makes sense for you to start to look at uh, investing that kind of money to grow it you know what I mean
0: yeah I'm checking it out right now um, yeah could be worth checking out
1: yeah um, so, well yeah I know maybe you have you a can related use your HSA go ahead. You, you can use your HSA to pay Avis yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Only if I tell him that I used it as like an ambulance service. Oh like, gosh! Listen, I really have to get, I ha- I had to get. I had to get my son to the hospital, so I had to drive him in this in this electric car. And uh, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I know you have a car related story, so I want. I do want to hear this.
1: Yeah. So currently, the car that Carolyn and I have is a 2017 Honda Civic Hatchback. Uh, with Honda Sensing. So what that means is, like, Lane Keep Assist and all that back in 2017 Mm. with its own, like, I don't want to say trim level, but, like, additional package. So, uh, like, Automatic Cruise Control, uh, Lane Keep Assist, and Blind Spot. Yeah. I don't know. We 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 definitely have Blind Spot, but there's one more thing in there. Um, And we've had this car since 2020.
0: I like this car. I know, we, I know that nice. you've had I've looked it up before. I'm sure I've seen it before, too. I think I've seen it. I could be wrong on that. You might
1: have. I, I'm trying but... to remember. I
0: want to say you drove it when you I – th- I want to say you visited us at our apartment or our townhouse before we moved. I could be wrong yes. on that. But I think you did have it. Uh, and, yeah, Anywho, nice-looking car, though. I like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good city car, right, because a hatchback – it's a small size, extra large – trunk and right now because it's just carolyn myself and a dog it's a perfect size but as our family starts to grow mm-hmm. uh we've been looking at more uh sort of larger cars uh some of the cars were, we were initially thinking do we need a three-row suv do we need a two-row suv uh something that you know allowed us to carry a lot of the baby stuff but uh, one of the main uh pieces of criteria for me was I didn't want to pay the oversized parking garage fee for uh, an oversized car. Right. Uh, there are strict measurements and dimensions for this. We currently pay around $500 a month just to park our car in a garage. Uh, sounds like a lot. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm definitely not saying it isn't. Uh, some people don't mind uh, street parking. Uh, if you got like two tickets... A month I think or even four tickets a month uh, for not moving your car during alternate side street cleaning uh, for alternate side parking it would still be cheaper than parking in a garage but we like the have the fact that we don't have to hassle with like moving the car twice a week finding street parking you know we have friends that will spend upwards of an hour driving around just trying to find street parking somewhere within the neighborhood Wow. Uh, we've also had cars get we've had friends get their cars sideswiped by trucks, by cars, just like, and it's New York. No one's stopping. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. There's so many videos of, like, tractor trailers driving down the wrong uh, residential street, and it just, like, totals, like, nine cars as it, like, essentially scrapes past, like, a row of parked cars. There's nothing you could do. Um, People, like, will forget to turn in their side mirrors, and the side mirrors get knocked off. And to me, it's just like the last thing I want is to come to my car and there be some sort of damage that I don't know what happened to it or what have you. Um, You're also avoiding inclement weather. All this to say, all this to say, we like and don't mind paying for garage parking.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, that sounds a bit understandable to to me at least.
1: Right. So that said, though, we wanted to avoid the oversized fee because the oversized fee could add. Around two hundred dollars a month to that parking fee. So if we're already at five hundred, something, we don't want to be spending seven hundred. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Carol and I had been having. We've had our eyes on the Kia Telluride for a little bit now. Yeah. Uh, we nice think car. it's really slick. It's a, yeah, very nice car based on what the sort of YouTube reviews show. Uh, Kia has certainly come a long way than when you know than when we were young.
0: Yeah, I remember when everyone was giving LeBron shit when he was he was uh, kind of their spokesperson. It was like LeBron. LeBron LeBron doesn't actually drive a Kia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He might drive a Telluride. No, okay, he could now. And but so like we wanted to check it out. We also wanted to check out Honda, and most importantly, we wanted to check out Tesla. Because yeah. uh, we were looking at the Model Y. And so, we, you know, Carolyn made the appointments. So we drove up on Saturday because it was, A, the only day this weekend for us that wasn't raining. So I figured, you know, let's let's test drive when it's not raining. Uh, we, we drove up the White Plains. The interesting thing about the Tesla test driving experiences, they're not, like, selling you at all. It's almost like it feels like a very... Banal experience for them the guy was just like let me give give me your uh, license let me scan this do you know do you know how to start the car here it is get in you have 30 minutes get out of
0: here interesting um,
1: yeah so they were they weren't like trying to sell us on the car whatsoever it almost felt like the way that he was behaving he's like yeah this car sells itself you're either gonna want it or you're i not. see
0: yeah yeah that was not the situ. that was not the case that i had even like when I was when I bought my car, demand was still very mm-hmm. high for vehicles. But it, because they, you're still comparing car, you know, car A to car B to car C. Yes, technically the car is probably going to get sold at some point, but they would still like to, or prefer to sell it today rather than, you know, the right. unknown of next week. That's very interesting. I guess Tesla's are different though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they didn't even attempt to like go over financing or like can we like what can we do to put you in a car today? Like none mm-hmm. of that conversation. It was basically just <laughs> here's your test car. I mean, here's a car that you're going to be driving. Uh, have it back in thirty minutes. And so we went on uh, we went on a parkway so Carolyn could open it up. And boy, when we were on the uh, the merge ramp, the on ramp. And she floored it. It literally felt like a roller coaster ride. Like I could yeah. feel myself pinned to the back of my seat. Uh, so pickup was elite, best pickup I've ever felt. Um, the regenerative braking on this thing was kind of wild. Yeah. It's not. I don't have. I don't. My car is not regenerative braking. I like to take my foot off the gas and essentially, yes, like you know, coast. Yep. Not like immediately start stopping
0: it's really intense
1: it's really intense now apparently there's like three modes so Mm -hmm. there's one mode that's more eco-friendly there's one mode that like is still regenerative braking but closer to like standard driving and the one that we did was in the middle which most people say is like the shittiest version because it does like neither thing well (laughs) the balance is really off yeah uh so we i was getting a little car sick there but i said you know if that's the worst thing about this car, that just feels like something you get used to, you know?
0: Y- yeah, yeah. Yeah, my car Does has. Does your car
1: have regenerative braking?
0: It has as an option. So it has two different driving modes. There's just the D, which is standard, um, and then there's the B, which is the regen- regenerative braking. Um, yeah. You can definitely get used to it, but I'm not a huge fan of it. I actually just drive in D, and there's different driving profiles that you can select, so it can actually feel differently. So it's unlike the Tesla, where you can tell it how much regenerative braking you want to do. It's um, yeah. it's it's basically uh, I actually don't, even, I don't even know exactly knowing how much I can fine tune it. Like I know the Hyundai Ionic Five, they have different modes too, and you can basically go with none or you can go with all. Um, but at the end of the day if you t- go with none and you still use the brake pedal you're still using regenerative braking at that point so it's really just a difference of uh, it's really just a preference of how you prefer to feel and when it comes to control and smoothness i just feel like it's easier i feel like it's better to go with the standard brake feel that I have yeah. especially when you consider that I was driving manual before this and the and the oh, equipment yeah. is really just shifting to neutral and starting to brake so not braking while while engaged in a specific gear um you don't have an engine braking you really just coast and that's what D feels like to me or non-regenerative braking mode feels like to me it yeah. feels like just coasting in a manual car which is why I love it love
1: love the coasting feel yeah absolutely love the coasting feel yeah but what was cool is we also tried auto steer, so oh, not yeah. fully autonomous driving, mm-hmm. uh, but we tried auto steer, and so what that meant was the to the, the set the scene. Carolyn had activated, uh, what's it called, automatic cruise control, Okay. And so we were setting that to like 60 miles an hour, and then, so it was like, all right, we all know automatic cruise uh, and how that works, uh, maintaining the speed limit. Excuse me, let me just drink a little bit of water. Yep. And then when we turn on auto steer, it basically like in the, uh, in the, uh, the, not the dash, but what's the thing that you call like where all your instruments are in, right in front of you? Like uh, the speedometer and all that. What's that screen called for you?
0: Um, I'm not sure what they call the screen, but I know in the Tesla it's off to the side, right? Since it's on the screen.
1: It's kind of off to the side, um, but yeah whatever the uh, the UI of the screen right like yeah. the lanes that they show in the uh, rep- the visual representation of the car normally the lanes of the str- the roads are in gray to let you know you're sort of like where you are. but when you have uh, auto steer on they turn blue and so the car was essentially steering for us around corners like the gentle banks of a of a parkway yeah and then even more so, When you went to go merge, it showed where your car was. It showed the silhouette of where you were going to be in the next lane, and it auto merged the car for you. I see. Hands off of the, uh, and the hands were, she took her hands off of the steering wheel. Uh, I'll try and send you a video of it later. Uh, and then if you could not merge, it would show like red for the lane drawings hmm. and then wait for it to turn blue and then merge.
0: It's got to be such so a surreal experience. you basically got a
1: sense of like, right? I'm telling you, man. Plus, plus the uh, the ride comfort was great. The sound insulation was really good. One bad thing about our current car is the sound insulation is really poor. Mm-hmm. Apparently that is a well uh, well known complaints of a lot of the Hondas from that era where when it's raining or you're driving fast on the highway, you basically have to scream at each other in the car. I don't want to say scream, but like talk yeah. really loudly because yeah. it sounds like a surround sound experience of like everything outside. It's really tough. Um, and also, our cars, you know, on the older side and like the ride, qual- not the right quality, but the ride comfort is not as great as it could be. So sometimes you feel like after a long road trip, you feel like pretty run, run down. Based on I like see. oh you know your butt sore your back is sore so on and so forth, um, so the uh, the Tesla Model Y two row so the five seater was pretty compelling. We tr- I couldn't even get into the back of the seven seater.
0: I it, I don't
1: know who yeah I don't know who it's designed for. It's yeah. not designed for adults. No, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, so. I feel like that about a lot of three-row SUVs. Now, granted, I didn't get into the back of many of them, and I wasn't really in the market for them. But I did, like, check some out that were available just to see. And, yeah, they're not super spacious. When I was 13, I was I was probably, like, 14 or 15 years old, my parents, my mom got a uh, Volvo XC90, which was, like, I think their biggest SUV at the time. Yeah. And it had it's a, a – nice car. 30- yeah, it was pretty nice, especially for the time. Um, and it's actually the car that my dad my dad shipped that car to Ghana, and he uses it out there now. Because <laughs> um, we he, got this wait, car. You're telling
1: me that he wow? Because
0: this, this was this was like 2005 ish. I want to say that she got that car, um, and so like it had you know it had, it had pretty much lived its life, and it you know had a, over a hundred some thousand miles on it. Um, my mom needed an upgrade. It was it wasn't as reliable as it should have or could have been, and it turns out uh, this is the thing that like a lot of a lot of my dad's friends do. They they ship cars that they've already purchased in the U.S. out to Ghana on a ship, and the next time they go, they basically go to the shipping yard. They they coordinate their trip to arrive around the time that the, the car is supposed to arrive. They uh, work, they they do like the import papers and all that other stuff, but apparently it's, I guess, an affordable thing to do. Um, But yeah, I remember trying to sit in the back of that car when I was like, again, I had to have been like 13, 14 years old and it was not comfortable. I couldn't, you couldn't put the middle row seats all the way back. And have me back there at that age. It just wasn't it wasn't feasible. Majub and Sarah, Jeez. my young my younger siblings, they would sit back there. And Majuba must have been pretty borderline that he was kind of short at the time, like you know, for short for his age, although he definitely grew um eventually. I still can't imagine it being particularly comfortable for anyone who's older than like nine. Nine years old to be sitting right. in that back row, so you're certainly not going to put a car seat back there. That 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 wouldn't make any sense. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Make any sense. yeah, yeah. And then of course, there's
1: only certain cars apparently that have like elongated the three row SUV. I forget mm-hmm. which model it was, but like when we went to the Honda dealership and we stood next to the the new Honda Pilots, those things are massive. Yeah, and we couldn't get into the back of the three row only because. <laughs> There was a lot of um it had just come off the shipping truck or whatever and so okay. like the back was covered in like cardboard boxes filled with all of the accessories that the car comes with like it was so new that they hadn't even like unboxed like uh, the, a lot of the cars at the Honda dealership were still like shrunk wrap so when we sat in like your seat was shrunk wrap the uh handle uh, the, the steering wheel was shrunk wrap. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the, the Honda Pilot was really big. We went to Kia, uh, we test drove the Telluride. The Telluride is really big, um, obviously. Uh, and I'm not the biggest fan of big cars, but I, it was a very, very luxurious vehicle. We sat in, it had like Napa leather. It was a two-tone, like, you know, black upper with a, like, saddle leather, uh, tan leather bottom, uh, one panoramic screen, uh, for the, you know, in the dash, uh, you were really high up the, gr- off the ground. But what was also interesting was they had a heads up display, uh, uh-huh. in front of, for the driver's side. So like projected what seemed like, at, uh, on the, on the street up in front of you was your odometer. Uh, or rather, your your speedometer, and if you had, if you were using GPS, like the next uh, direction ah, or okay. step, in, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. The interesting thing about that uh, heads up display, though, is if you're wearing sunglasses and your sunglasses are polarized, you can it like actually messes with the uh, way it's rendered. It's almost like the polarization of my sunglasses. Uh, change the opacity of that heads up display from a hundred percent to like fifteen percent. So in the beginning, because uh, Carolyn would always drive first, and then we we figured out which exit to get off of, and then get onto a side street, put it in uh, put the hazards on. I you know that we would swap over, and she goes, "Do you like the heads up display?" And I go, "Yeah, it's cool, but like I can barely see it." She goes, "Wait, try taking off your sunglasses." And I go, "Oh, that, wow. that makes
0: a lot more sense." Wow. But then
1: you got to think to yourself, like, if you have to take off your sunglasses to see this thing, is it as effective as advertised?
0: You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: But it yeah. drove like a dream. I'll say that. And then we also tried the Kia Sorento.
0: Oh, yeah, what you uh, think What's interesting about
1: the Kia Sorento is it's uh, sort of like their, I think that goes Kia Telluride at the very top.
0: That's the and top. And the Sorento. Sorento. Okay. Sportage. Oh yeah, Sportage then Tucson,
1: right? Uh, I didn't. I
0: didn't
1: even see a Tucson on, on the lot. Uh, I see.
0: But oh, I'm sorry. Be, Hun- but be... Sorry, I'm sorry. Tucson is Hyundai. Hyundai's. Too, Hyundai's. Uh, oh Tucson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't this, remember the, seeing. Yes, a... the Sportage because Hyundai and Kia are like sisters, and so I think. like right. yeah. I think this the 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 Sportage and Tucson are the same sizes. Basically the same yeah. frame, or like like yeah, the equivalent, right? Yes, the equivalent yes. offering. Yeah,
1: they have this car called the celtos I think that like they're subcompact, which to me is like absolutely no go because like the like the HRVs and all that stuff. Like there's no pickup, and these things have like 150 horsepower. It's like this is. This is not – like, if you're going to get a car like this, you can't be getting a 150-horsepower version of, like, an SUV, like, a subcompact SUV. Yeah. You
0: know
1: what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're going to get an SUV – I mean, this is going to obviously just me being a little dramatic. But it's like, if you're going to get an SUV, just get the SUV.
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: can't, like, half-ass the F- SUV because then you're yeah. not getting anything. You're not, like there, – there is – no optimal, like optimal, like subspace in between both of those sort of vehicle classes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the Sorrento they are pausing for twenty twenty three. They're like doing almost like a refresh, like a really? mid cycle, mid life cycle refresh on that that thing. So they didn't have any of those, and they're going to be resuming the sale of these cars at the end of twenty twenty four. And so we didn't obviously get a new car. Um, we really liked, uh, the, the uh, the Telluride, the, uh, we love the Telluride, but the Telluride would make sense if like I was your neighbor and we were in the suburbs. Yeah. uh, So we wouldn't have to spend $700 parking this thing. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, yeah. You
1: know what I mean? Like there is no off-road opportunity for me. I'm not. Like, I would like wider rows if I'm going to be driving what essentially amounts to, like, a Hummer in my eyes.
0: 100%. Uh,
1: Now, I'm obviously being a little dramatic, but, like, going from a hatchback to, like, a a large three, like, what feels like a conventional three-row SUV Mm -hmm. is a lot. Uh, The other thing that we really liked was the fact that, like, both the Sportage and the Telluride had captain's chairs for the middle row.
0: Ah uh, yeah, uh, love love great. that too. Love that too.
1: Gotta have gotta have captain's chairs like the old school bench style. It's just it ain't it no more. No. It ain't it.
0: No, um, I totally agree. Totally agree.
1: Yeah, so we were thinking. You know, I think the the Tesla Model Y is our favorite, and then the Sportage maybe. But you know, we we might just we're, we're gonna wait for now to see like once the baby is born what our car needs are, and then make a decision there. And you know who knows maybe the Sportage refresh will be compelling enough for us to trade in our car. Uh, I think our car's trading value would be anywhere between ten and fifteen k, which is not bad considering we bought this car for like twenty two in really twenty twenty. Yeah, like that's that's pretty elite. You know what I mean? Like at one point, if we had sold it like maybe eight to ten months ago, people were quoting seventeen k.
0: Wow, wow,
1: which would be kind of wild to like drive a car for two years. Mm -hmm. and it only quote-unquote cost us out-of-pocket 5k how we sold it
0: right you probably would have made up for that the cost of a new vehicle anyway though
1: right but i mean
0: last year it's similar like
1: buying a buying a home right like yeah
0: exactly you sell a
1: home for one value but you can't get a a comparable home at the same price that you probably sold your, your
0: home exactly unless you can go for a period of time without a home or a car in this case um where you can then take right. advantage of prices when they hopefully fall at some point which you never know. Um yeah, when we when I bought my car last year, I got a great trade-in value on my on my Accord which like to a degree was nearly totaled because of the fact that I needed a new engine. Uh no, sorry, not a new engine, a new transmission. Um and I still was able to get like $10,000 for that. What was it an 8-year-old car at the time, manual transmission go. that I had purchased for you know, the purchase price was like nineteen something, uh, you know, after taxes and whatever else it was probably twenty twenty-one. Um yeah, I, I, I didn't expect I never expected to make that much money on 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 that trade in, you know, when I considered a new car. You know, not really considered a car, like when I just like in my my mind thought, Oh, when I do get a, a new car eventually, maybe I'll get like five thousand dollars for this thing, but who knows what it would actually yeah. be. Um, but of course, because demand was so high i did not get the opportunity to negotiate prices and my car now actually does go for below market in in a lot of different um in a lot of markets so at least when i see what that's okay. what i see on reddit um i'll also say this quickly my, my brother actually he and his wife just bought a uh, a model y a few months ago and they love it they um he he i i told him that i was you know not a huge fan of the of the one pedal drive driving my car he goes oh he loves it he absolutely loves it in his car um he's just like it just it just takes like i don't know it took him like one two driving sessions to get used to it and find that balance because you don't when you break you don't just like release your foot from the from the gas um the you know not really gas but the accelerator accelerator pedal um you just release partially and eventually right. you might be able to release your foot enough to get it to to slow down enough for you and then if you need to you can actually apply brakes but you get used to it to a point where you can actually brake quite smoothly and in, in, in the way that you would do in, in your you know in your civic or um actually they had a Civic before this too so um
1: you know what's crazy when we would be in the Tesla Model Y and the the area that we were doing our test drive in, uh, which is actually pretty elite, I'll say this: like you, you drive out of the uh, dealership, that little stretch of road, you're on the parkway in like two minutes. It's like you pull out of the uh, pull out of both dealerships because obviously all the dealerships, it's like most places, right? Dealerships all tend to be somewhat uh, yes. like. Next to on each the other. same road, basically, yeah. On the same road, so out of both the Kia and the Tesla dealership, you turn right, you drive up the road for like less than thirty seconds, you hit a main sort of uh, intersection, you turn right twice, and then you're on the parkway. Yeah, uh, we drove on the parkway for maybe ten minutes. Uh, you exit three exits later or four exits later, and then you just drive right back. It's like the perfect uh, mm-hmm. test drive route. You get a little bit of service roads and then like parkway. You get everything, yeah. but it doesn't take an hour round trip. Yada yada. Um, but what was I saying? The well, we, the region that we were doing the test in is a little hilly, and so when you're sat at a light, if you don't put your foot on the brake, you do roll back like much quicker in a Tesla oh, really? than you do in the Honda Civic. Does um, it have Does I it have auto impressed.
0: brake hold? It probably does. I wonder if that was a setting. The I wonder if that was yeah. a setting
1: that we didn't like. That we didn't mess with. Well, that's the nice thing about Tesla is like, you know, saying, you know, the Tesla is like a really nice piece of technology that also happens to be a decent car yeah. versus like the Telluride, which is a really nice car that also yes. happens to have pretty decent te- technology. It's like the which vector yes. do you come at this from? Yeah. So I wonder if the Tesla just had that as a setting and we didn't take because we only had 30 minutes in this car, right? So we weren't going to spend too much time like playing around but i wonder they might they certainly might
0: yeah i am looking i'm trying to see if i can find it i i have to imagine that it 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 is yeah it says it's enabled automatically anytime the vehicles that well that's obvious that we know what it is the fact that i can find it um it should it should be here yeah there's a yeah yeah there is um so my car, it has, you know, you could turn it off. Um, it's a setting, but by default it was on, um, Landis CRV has it as well. A lot of, a lot of like cars that I've test driven have it. I didn't try to find it in the C the, the Volvo C40 that I was driving, but I assumed it would have it, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in my car, like you can be at a traffic light and I can have the car completely stopped, even if it's on a hill. But if you don't, push the brake deep enough you can actually keep it off the auto hold if you don't want it on um but yeah i find that like Lena didn't like it initially but i really like that feature and i was on the fence as to whether or not i wanted to use it i think the first time i drove the car i was like yeah i don't really like this because i wasn't used to it but it it really is convenient and especially in an ev um or especially in an automatic car because again i was driving manual before this um I really like it because I can. I'm able to apply. I, you can't really call it the gas because it's an it's an EV, but you're able to apply the gas in a really, um, like a really um, smooth way, so that you're not like pulling off from the light super quickly. But you're also not pulling mm-hmm. off super slowly. It's just it's it's a really nice, cool, calm acceleration to get up to speed, and it's not particularly jarring for the passenger. So that's one of the things I like about the the auto brake hold because it's not like releasing. Uh, anyway, you, you get the idea. I, I really enjoy it. No, oh, yeah, I like that feature.
1: Nice, nice. But that's it. That's it. We uh, test shows some cars, and uh, we liked the uh, the experience overall. We just we're gonna hold before we buy just to ensure that we're not like. You know, spending too much money, future-proofing a problem that we don't fully understand the bounds of yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds like a really good idea to me. Totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's get out of here, shall we?
0: Yeah, sounds good. Well, I'm Rezo.
1: I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week. Wow.